to the fourth episode of In the Shadow of Vesuvio. My name is Henry Bell. I'm sat in the west of Scotland, far away from that shadow, but I'm joined by a man who's literally sat in that shadow in Naples, at Napoli Tickets on Twitter, Michele Borelli, my co-host. Welcome. How are you today? Ciao, ciao, everybody. Yeah, I'm in the shadow of the Vesuvius, but it's a volcano I can't see right now because the weather is quite bad, very cloudy. If I look out my window, there is no volcano today. It's just clouds, clouds and rain. Oh, dear. Well, and actually, we don't have too many cheery things to talk about today. But, you know, hopefully we'll be able to find some sunshine from somewhere. So, like, this episode today is just going to be probably a little bit shorter than usual because we haven't got a game to review. But, you know, Michele, we want to keep keep regular content for our faithful listeners, don't we? Um, Absolutely. Yeah, so what we're going to do today is we're going to have a little think about the national team and we're going to think ahead to the Atalanta game. But before we do, as we always say, what's happening in Naples? What, what's the news that isn't football? Paint the picture. So There isn't a lot to talk about right now, but the news of the day is that basically that's something we covered before in another episode. So it's about discrimination against Napoli. So apparently... I just read it like a couple of hours ago, but apparently uh, a politician from Pavia, which is a small town in the north. I, I don't know. I don't know what kind of politician this is. I don't know which party he's, he belongs to. But this guy posted a story on Instagram saying something like, uh, if you can, like, if we get invaded by Russia, uh, which, can, which city would you uh, sacrifice and why is it Napoli? So these, and again, uh, keep, keep in mind that these guys are like it's an elected uh, politician. So um, I, to be honest, I never heard of the name and I don't know who, who this guy is, but still, you know, like, and then he doubled down after people said, you know, this is kind of in bad taste. He doubled down saying it was just a joke. I stand by it. So I don't know what's going to happen now. Now we are in the, so these things, uh, these things happen quite often. So there are always faces. So the first phase is obviously this guy insults our culture or whatever. And then there is some outrage from Napoli. And then uh, the, the news becomes national and they usually apologize because it's not worth it, to be honest. Yeah. But this guy's not apologizing. So yeah, I'm interested about that. I, I, to be honest, like personally, I don't take too much offense. I mean, it's, I, mean, there's, I don't find it funny. Uh, I don't find it particularly offensive as well, just because I know that these people, I mean, these people are everywhere. Maybe I'm just, I'm just used to it. I'm not sure. But yeah, now we are in the phase where I'm reading, like we have a lot of reactions by people from here, from Napoli, like intellectuals and stuff. Just so saying. Where do you see these reactions? Well, where, where do you go for this stuff? Is it, is it Twitter? Is it social media? No, whatever? I don't. No, no, no. It's just like, just media outlets. No, it's just like yeah. Corriere, like either national or, you know, Il Mattino or Corriere della Sera, this kind of news. I don't, I don't really go on social media to like, I use it very passively and for Napoli tickets. But for example, like I, I, I don't have like personal profile. Like the only reason why I joined Instagram was to follow 
Napoli players, their wives, their brothers, and their parents, I swear. And that's still, yeah, man, that's like still 90% of all the people I, I follow. Yesterday, I, a friend of mine asked me to follow her. And I really didn't. I told her, like, you don't, you don't play for Napoli. I'm not in, really interested. But yeah, at the yeah. end, I had to follow her. I, I'm really not interested. I'm just on Instagram and I had to follow You're Napoli. You're 100% pure Napoli. And I like how we haven't given this, this politician the oxygen and publicity of saying his name. But we know who you are. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah. And for talking of Instagram, and this isn't in the show notes, Michele, so I'm throwing this at you. But we need to say congratulations, don't we, to uh, Dries and Kat Mertens on the birth of their child, Chiro. Um, Amazing. How does it feel for you as a Neapolitan to, to know that Dries, a, a Belgian guy, christened his, his firstborn with a name like Chiro? And it's amazing, honestly. It's 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 very emotional, I think. And this guy, like I was just, I was thinking about it. I posted a, a picture on Twitter with this uh, with this child with uh, Chiro written on his uh, on his clothes. It's amazing. I think I was I was thinking yesterday. This kid will be loved for the rest of his life in Napoli. Like every time he comes to Napoli, he will be loved hundred percent. It's amazing. Like it's it's honestly that's what's gonna happen. And it's very emotional for all of us. It's hard to it's hard to explain. It's very hard to explain how how much we care about what happened with Mertens. You know, even even just Mertens is very important for us. You know, that's why we called him Chiro. And he always had. I think it's the the player who loves Napoli the most, even even more than Insigne. You know, even more than than any other. He really like he really loves Napoli. He always says very beautiful stuff about the culture, the city and everything else. Sure. But, you know, like it's very easy to say something like this, especially if you have an invested interest in actually having the fans on, on your side. But actually naming your son Chiro, I mean, you, you, can't take, you, you can't take that back. I mean, that's it. You actually, you actually love Napoli. Now it's, you know, there is actual proof that whatever you said, because we, have, we had a lot of players in the past, you know, I, I usually believe them. To be honest, I do think that players, when they come here, I think we talked about it, but when players come here, uh, they they start some kind of relationship with the city, which is different from, you know, any other club, any other city, any other player around, around Italy, around Europe. I do think we have something special going on here. But again, the difference between actually, you know, talking about Napoli, even, even Higuain, you know, Higuain talked a lot about Napoli in very good terms and then... And then we know what happened. That's already so, one one too many mentions of that man on the show. I know. But I, know. The, I apologize. I was just thinking of. I mean, it's true, and it's been really nice to see everyone's reaction. And actually, you're right. To see the emotion that it's inspired in everybody, which is huge, and the, that deep personal connection that I think a lot of people have with him more than any other player. Maybe Kulabali, definitely not really Insigne, but that's for a different podcast. Um, but I was thinking, what would be the equivalent, like if we were in um, in Manchester, where, where where I was born, there'd be a, a a Neapolitan player coming over, and they'd name their kid what I don't know, Liam or Noel or something like that. <laughs> like, how amazing would that be? Like, you got you got Liam <laughs> Liam Insigne um, playing playing for England at the 2046 World Cup. Um, oh, brilliant! I'm very glad that we that we mentioned. So, uh, what you you say, Aguri, right? If someone's got a kid, what do you say? Agu- in- Aguri, yeah. Agori, Agori. What would you say Agori. in in Neapolitan or is it the same? No, it's basically the same. You know, no, yeah. it's just the same. And I was just thinking that this last week, 
I've seen so many of my friends post on social media the pictures of, of Chiro Mertens, even people who don't support Napoli. I have a friend who supports Inter, unfortunately. And this guy wrote a very long Facebook post about, about Chiro Mertens. And he ended up, he's a, he's a writer, so he knows how to write this stuff. But he, he ended the, the post saying, you know, I'm sorry, other Italian fans, but this stuff can only happen in Napoli. And that's true. I think I, think I agree with him. That's true. But it was amazing, like how many people actually, even, even, even again, even people who don't care about football, everyone, everyone knows at least about this. And a lot of people posted on social media about this stuff. It's very, it's big. I think it's bigger than, than people who are not from Napoli imagine. It's really, it's really important. I think you can expect people to kind of change their perception of Mertens and his family from now on. And again, it was already love. But now I think he's going to be idolized for the rest of his life because it's, it's huge. And give him another contract. Give him a second series. That's it, Alan Partridge quote. But he does need a contract. Um, now I can't stop thinking about Noel Insigne um, playing for <laughs> England. But the, <laughs> the um, yeah, I mean, he is the most likable player that I can remember like he's such a like like with his imaginary friend that helps him stand up on the pitch the way he is on the pitch like he seems to just in really enjoy playing football which is a bit of a cliche but he enjoys playing in the stadium in front of the fans and we can't say that of all players he doesn't seem weighed down by it he seems lifted by it and it is it is beautiful and to be fair, also his, his wife, Kat, she's very involved in the city and very engaged with that whole thing as well. I know there was some horrible stuff that people were saying a few contract negotiations ago that was all untrue. Um, and they, they have a nice story, them two. They've been together a long time, haven't they, since they were That's pretty true, much yeah. kids, right? So, That's although sometimes, I love them. Yeah, they're great. Although, actually, everyone listening, just imagine if you were still together with the person you were with when you were at high school. Imagine that life. Not everybody wants that. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And to be yeah. honest, Mertens, Mertens lives in a place in Napoli where not many players live. And it's so funny because you can actually, you can actually see his place. Like if you go through Posillipo and the main street in Posillipo, you can actually see his house and his balcony uh, when you go towards the historic center. The famous can, balcony that he's always filming. You can, see, you, can see, you can see it from the streets. You can actually see it. Every time I drive drive by that road i i look at it and i try to see you know if they have the lights on you know if there is anyone i never i never been able to actually see anyone outside there but actually before knowing before knowing he lived there i actually went inside this building but i didn't know he lived there i actually went inside yeah i actually went inside because i think there was some kind of maybe like airbnb right in the same building i think he lives in the second floor and I went to the first floor to deliver tickets so, to an American couple. And even like the place where they live, it's amazing. You know, it's a very historic building, right? I don't know if you guys know it, but if you Google Palazzo Donanna, uh, you know, I think yeah, it's kind of hard to spell maybe. But yeah, if you, it's right in the middle of Posillipo and it's basically on the sea, you know, it's right on the water. So, well, I've seen the picture because he's always taking pictures of where yeah. he lives. He's obviously very proud of it. And like, you're going to be inundated now, Michele, with DMs saying, where? What, where? what building? I want that. I want that Airbnb. <laughs> but DM, every, every, yeah, everyone knows, like everyone in Napoli knows that he lives there and he doesn't, he doesn't mind. You know, he doesn't live in a villa. He doesn't live in some kind of palace. But it's there's just that an respect. apartment. 
there's that respect and everyone's like, oh, Napoli's a fishbowl club and it's impossible for players. But I think there is a mutual respect and people know. So what would you do, Michele, if you were to bump into Dries Mertens or Chiro Mertens? How, how would you react? I would faint. I don't know. You know, every time I, I sometimes think about this because on one hand, you don't really want to bother them because you know that they go through this every day, every time. Because, yeah, that's true that maybe reports are kind of exaggerated. So people, actual players can live in the city. They're not that, it's not insane. You know, maybe for Lavezzi it was and for some other players, but not for everyone. So on one hand, I, will, I wouldn't want to intrude, especially if you meet them in a restaurant, which has happened to me in the past. Yeah. But on the other hand, you know, how many times is, is that going to happen? So you really want to go to them and take a pictures and say something. I think the rule is like if they're with their family or whatever, you kind of let them be. But if it's a semi-professional, semi-public context, it's fine. I remember, so my dad gave me some really good advice about this because um, I was training as a student. I was at Shakespeare's Globe, the theatre in London, and across the other side of the theatre was an actor called Mark Rylance. He's now quite famous. He's one of Spielberg's favourite actors. And he was running the theatre at the time and I didn't know what to do. So I texted my dad. I was like, what do I do? And he just texted me back three words. Cross the room is what he texted back. Cross the room. And so I did. I walked across and I just just said, look, I think you're really good. You had this impact on me. And we ended up having a really nice five minute conversation because I think it was quite a specific conversation. I think if you've got something to say, to say it. And I think people appreciate that. Um, That's true, but it depends on the on the setting as well. You know, like I actually met a lot of these players once. I think it was 2017. It was right right after. Uh, well, I have to say it again, but right after Higuain's hat trick. Oh, I told you. Against, I, told I know. You, I know. I know. But that's that's how I remember it because it was it was a very big game. I was at the stadium, and uh, Higuain scored the hat trick against Frosinone. So he was like the hat trick for the record of most goals scored in yep. uh, in the Serie A history. So it was a big game. Uh, it was quite nice. I was at the stadium. We celebrated. It was amazing third goal. And uh, then I went home, and uh, my father received a call from one of his colleagues saying, "We have the entire Napoli team celebrating. You know, the end of the the league at the end of the of the season in our uh, club." So my father had some. Some, some friends working and uh, managing a club in Napoli, in, uh, in Bagnoli. And uh, they had all the players there. And they went to the, the private section of the privé, the private section of the club. And they said, do you want to come? And he asked me and a friend who were with him. We were right in front of our door. We just came back from the stadium. I said, do you guys want to go back to Napoli to, to try to get a pictures with the players? I said, yeah, of course. <laughs> For the, there's nothing to think about. Let's go. So we went there and we were actually, I, I need to remember, but there were a few, not the whole team, but there were a few players. There was um, in a secluded area of the club, uh, Iguain, Reina, Mertens, Amsik, Gulam. And oh, I think mate. I'm missing, yeah, I think I'm missing someone, but these, these were the ones I remember. And, and did you just crumble? I mean, I don't know what I do. In the, I mean, I, I'm okay with Iguain and I can't You know, it was, it was hard the because people, yeah, they told us, you know, you can go to the area but don't act crazy, you know, because they want their privacy and uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, they don't want to be bothered too much. So we went there. We were kind of discreet, but still, you know, we went to every player and we talked with all of them, but they were celebrating and stuff. It was very interesting to see how they act in private, you know, because they were not with the families. There were a lot of 
Have a good um, time. Let's say, yeah, let's say there were a lot of girls in this in this area. I mean, it wasn't like 100% private. So you, it actually was like on the second floor of the club. You could see the whole club from that area, uh, but the club couldn't see you, let's say. Okay. So it was very fun to see how they all acted. Uh, like, for example, Higuain, it was like with two very beautiful girls, one on the left, one to the right. But it was like in a, in a corner of this area. And it was really sad. Like, look at me. Like, it was, it was really sad. And uh, it was very silent. It was kind of isolated from all the other players. But it was... Ah, Callejon as well. Yeah, Callejon was next to him. But yeah. it, was, it didn't feel like talking. It didn't feel like celebrating. It was just sit- sitting there, surrounded by these girls. And, uh, yeah, I, I went to him and I shook his hand. Said, you know, nice to meet you. Congratulations, whatever. And then Reina, Reina Mertens and Hamsik were the party leaders let's say you know they were dancing they were crazy they were really fun to so what to, to talk to okay what's Marek Hamsik like as a dancer because in my head one of the reasons I love Marek Hamsik is he's a bit of a geek he's a bit of a nerd he's a bit yeah. of a weirdo that's become an icon it, it was it was but like I think I think compared to the other players he was kind of used to it you know like he he, he felt like it felt like he was at his home like he was just like Okay, I'm comfortable here. It was like going around, walking around to, you know, talking to people and just dancing like a, I don't know, like yeah, kind of awkward, but it was so fun, you know. It was, and Hamsik, it was very dark in the room, so it was hard to recognize all of them. But Hamsik, you know, with that hairstyle, it was easy to recognize. You can't miss him. No, but yeah, we had very fun interactions with uh, Reina and Mertens, especially. So Reina made fun of my, um, no, Reina talked to my father because they both have five, five children. So they were like so joking about that and stuff. And we took a picture. The only picture we took, we weren't allowed to, but the only picture we took was with Reina. But then it turns out, it turns out my father didn't actually do it right. So we don't have any proof, you know, like he didn't, he didn't, oh, but he didn't on. save. Yeah. Come you know, on, very, di- you very disappointed. Man? Yeah. And then we talked to Mertens and it was so you've very actually funny. spoken to Jenna. I did. I did. No, we did not well, for like a couple of minutes, you know, but we yeah. was, it was very funny. So Mertens was talking to me. My friend and my father, he stopped there. And at one point, I can't remember why, but he made fun of my father in Neapolitan. So he kind of said like, you know, F you, but in Neapolitan to my father because he was talking about something very uninteresting. I, don't, I can't remember what. It was like, oh, I, I can't remember what he said, but it was so funny. We laughed so hard. It was something like, oh, Bacabo, something like that. What do you want from me? You know, and we started laughing. It was like in good spirit. <laughs> So, yeah, like whatever you see Mertens do, like on the page, you know, or like in his Instagram videos, that's exactly how he is. That's why we love him so much as well. Well, that's exactly why we love him. He seems like a genuinely, uh, you know, just a genuine person who is also quite funny. And I think if you could have a choice of like who you could have a night out with in terms of this Napoli team. Mertens, 100%. Absolute no-brainer. You would have a good time. Whether or not you get back in one piece is yeah. for another time so oh, well there we go that was a good um that was almost i feel like we're running a, a gossip podcast now oh i i have so much gossip about players my friend <laughs> yeah. you have no idea i think i don't want to say it, everything now but i have a lot of gossip about mertens about fabian ruiz because you know like there are some rumors floating around yes, and I, were... I i i believe these rumors a hundred percent like every time every time someone says to me ah oh, you know there's a rumor that for so, I believe them 100% because I don't believe people will make them up. I honestly, like, I, I heard some rumors in the past about Lavezzi drinking and stuff, and they've always proved right. So I honestly believe them, and okay, they're so very if, specific as well. 
if there are any good media lawyers listening to this podcast, please get in touch because it seems like uh, Michaela is going to be riding the libel wave very, 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 very closely. Um, you're going to get more DMs now, Michaela. So you, That's you, good. You, but I'm you not going to say anything. I'm going to keep the exclusive on the podcast. I'm sorry. Very good. And so many good rumors. A friend, the, a friend told me that a friend told me that. Friend, okay. yeah. But they are, of course, only rumors. The, um, well, I'm going to have to get myself over to Naples so we can have a few beers and you can tell me these in, in person. <laughs> anyway, so back to the show. Um, so we've had an international break. Unless you've been uh, doing something more important, you will realise that Italy have not qualified for the the worst World Cup in the history of World Cups in Qatar. Um, I'm going to put this to you in a controversial question. Okay, Michele. Please do. Would you rather see Mario Rui, who, if he scores a goal at home, we're going to have to buy the T-shirt for, would you rather see Mario Rui lifts the Scudetto or um, Chiellini lift the World Cup for Italy? What Come would you on. choose? Come on. Is that a real question? Come on. What do you want me to answer? Do you have to answer the question? It's an easy question. Like, there is, no, there is absolutely no doubt in my mind. I don't... I, I would trade one one scudetto for Napoli for like ten workouts with Italy. I really I you know like I, I'm even scared to talk about the scudetto. Plus, plus I've already seen Italy lifting a workout. So sure. you know that's I already and and I was actually there in Berlin. I was at the stadium there. So it's not gonna get any better than that. I was actually in the Italian section of the stadium while uh, Italy okay. played France. So. I'm going to rephrase that, which was a great game. And of course, the, the, the famous son of, of Napoli, Fabio Cannavaro, lifting, lifting the World Cup. Okay, rephrase. Italy, to have never won a World Cup, so we erase the past and will never win a World Cup in the future versus another Nap- Napoli Scudetto. Really easy. You know, like a Scudetto for Napoli fans, for us here, and I think especially for my generation, so I was born in 1992, so I never experienced Miro Maradona and the Scudetto. So, but I grew up with a lot of relatives, older relatives talking about Scudetti and Maradona all the time, all the time. So for me, it's some kind of myth, you know, like especially because while they were talking about Napoli winning Scudetti, I was watching Napoli playing in Serie B or Serie C. Yeah. So for me, it was so far away, you know, and it still is, even if we are second and close to the first place, I still can picture it, like us winning a Scudetto. So it's, you know, it's honestly a dream, like a lifelong dream to see Napoli winning a Scudetto. And I, d- I don't think it's ever going to happen. And I don't know if I actually believe that to be true or it's just an irrational, irrational thought. But I honestly don't know what I would do if Napoli won a Scudetto. It's, not, it's like a, a category on its own. It's, it's not comparable at all to... Italian successes and to be honest to be honest I follow the national team but not that closely so over the years so when I was in 2006 when Italy won the World Cup I was was again I was crying it was amazing it was such a nice experience but you know after that for some reason uh, I grew attached to Napoli more and more and I kind of detached myself from the national team I still don't know why that happened um, is, is that would you say that's representative of like your friends or other people you know in Naples? I'm just going back to the famous in 1990 when when Maradona said 
you should support me and you shouldn't support Italy. So, so is there a thing where people aren't as engaged with the Italian team, would you say, in, in, in Naples because of some of the things that we've talked about on, on previous shows? Or is that a bit of a myth? I would say it is a little bit of a myth. So it, what I feel, it's not, uh, I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. And when I talk to, especially like, like big Napoli fans, I like, if you meet someone who's crazy about Napoli, uh, it's hard for him to be crazy about the national team too. But it's not, it's not unheard of. So the, the guy, the friend I go to the stadium with, to every game, Kurva B, he actually supports Italy a lot. And uh, he follows, uh, he really cares about Italy, but I think he cares more about Napoli. So, but the, the saying, because I, sometimes I hear and read, you know, no, everyone in Napoli doesn't care about the national team. That's not true. So when, when Italy won the Euros uh, last summer, there were a lot of Italian flags in Napoli and a lot of people actually celebrated in the streets and stuff. So that's, people do support the national team, but I do think that compared to other cities around the country, uh, it is a little bit less. It's not 80% other cities and 20% Napoli. It's more like maybe 80% other cities and maybe 60%, 65% Napoli. So it's not that big of a difference, but there is a difference. I can tell there is a difference. And uh, I think it's natural, especially, you know, if you follow Napoli closely, you experience, again, I don't want to go back to the discrimination stuff, but I think it plays a, a role in it. Because if you go around Italy, especially if you go to away games and you hear other fans saying, you know, welcome to Italy, which implies Napoli is not Italy, you kind of internalize that. And after a while, and it's hard for me, like for me personally, uh, I really don't, like, I wouldn't say I support the national team. I wouldn't say that. I I watch games and I don't mind if they win. And I'm, I'm happy for Napoli players who play for Italy when they win something. But I wouldn't say I'm a national team supporter. And, I mean, uh, yeah. you know, it's hard for me to picture me celebrating something with the same people saying, telling me in my face, you know, you know, you're a monkey, you go back to Napoli, you're not from Italy. It's kind of hard, you know, it's hard to be coherent when you, again, when you travel to watch Napoli games away and you experience this stuff and then you have to support the same team as these other people it's kind of it's hard it's very hard yeah. for me for me personally i don't want to generalize but but i'm I not the only also, one but yeah i think it's a wider issue with international football i mean like i don't support england i'm embarrassed by the fans the team i find myself embarrassed with my country's behavior in the past i'm embarrassed by my country's behavior now i was born there i didn't have a choice i consider myself a citizen of of nowhere in that sense i think you know, as someone that studied history, you look at what nationalism has done to countries and continues to do so now. And there's part of me that, I mean, I'd like an international football tournament for reasons that are not to do with nationalism. It's, it's interesting to see different players play against each other. There's nothing quite like it, but I will, will never personally get behind it. I don't know. I think we're beyond the point of nations. That's my own opinion. But um, I know a lot of people listening are from America and you guys are patriots and you take this stuff really seriously. I'm not saying that to disrespect you or your views, but like, I think I've been in countries. I spent quite a lot of time in Cyprus and that's really interesting when the national team plays like half of that country is not recognized by international law. And these things are enormously complex. So I think, uh, you know, maybe we should just change it instead of there being like, football for nations we should find another completely arbitrary category so instead of nations we should have like height 
So we have like a team, <laughs> the best six foot players playing against the best five foot five players, or I don't know. The... Everyone named Chiro. Yeah, exactly. The team, well, we, we know that would win every, every cup. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they, okay. That's interesting. I'm glad we covered that. Um, but we've had a good international break for some of our players. So Kulabali and Ongisa and Zelinski have qualified. There's more that I've forgotten now. Who else has made it through? But those are the particular ones this time round. Yeah, um, Elmas obviously didn't. No, it would have been nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. And Mario Rui, I don't know why, doesn't really get selected for Portugal anymore. I mean, he's the it's, best player. In yeah, the world. he's too good. Yeah, it's too good. He, too good for absolutely. Yeah. It's just Definitely. too good for the national team. Definitely. The best player, best, best Portuguese player in the history of football. Um, the but there's some good stuff. So I think, okay, there was a bit of extra time for some of our players. But Zelinski's back in form, scored a goal, played a really big part in them. Qualifying. He's injured, apparently, though. Oh, no. I'm reading. I... Maybe maybe by the time we publish this podcast, it's not going to be... But there will be more news. But I think he was touching his leg while going out during the game. And right. uh, I haven't read the training report from Castelvolturno, but uh, yeah, there is a risk that he's not going to play against Atalanta. Damn it. But yeah, I think... I mean, fingers crossed some of this form and like Koulibaly getting Senegal to the World Cup. I mean, after the um, African Cup of Nations. Well, so hopefully this can translate into some confidence boosting. Um, or maybe not. Maybe the opposite. Maybe they'll be tired. But I think, I mean, how maybe do you they, think? In- maybe they will be tired mentally. So one thing I said during the final of the African Cup when Koulibaly was playing, I was talking to a friend, you know, we support the Koulibaly. Everyone in Napoli watched the game and supported Koulibaly. But I was, no, I was still supporting him. I was thinking, what if he wins the cup and then he comes back to Napoli and he doesn't really have the, you know, the will to f- keep fighting for the title? And maybe he's kind of like satisfied, especially because he goes back to uh, Senegal and then he celebrates for like a couple of days, yeah. which is, you know, like maybe he comes back, he doesn't have the will to, you know, fight. I mean, he's, he accomplished one of his like main goals, I guess, in, in his life, you know, winning. He made that this... huge decision to not represent France and represent. Senegal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So maybe, you know, maybe you know, it's not obviously a choice, but it's something that goes, you know. I, I think it was more it was the mental fatigue because when he came back from the last African Cup of Nations 2019, he really did seem like it had taken its toll. He's been okay. But I mean, Art Morelli on Twitter, he's pointed this out that Napoli haven't kept a clean sheet since Koulibaly's come back. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah I'm not saying be... it's linked, but maybe no. it is. I don't know. No, they're, they're only human. Um, right, let's talk Atalanta because um, yes. that's the next game. I'm not very good at previewing games. I think I'm a bit like you, Michele. I only watch Napoli, so like I'm not that well versed on things. But let's give the sort of Napoli angle on some of the history between the clubs and why we don't like Gasparini. In the show notes, it says Gas- Gasparini is an ass. Let's explore why. So go on then, take it away. I agree. Tell me a little, little bit about that, that historic relationship. To be honest, uh, Gasparini hasn't done anything bad against us. Like he had some, like there was some comment against Napoli. Like there was a, I can't remember there were, but I think last year happened maybe. It was it's, a Napoli. Yeah, there was a Nap- he said he said Tarone I don't think he did that. I think like someone working in his staff said that. I can't remember 100 percent Right. But I don't think like I mean he was still hated by us like long before that anyway. I think it's you know, like his general attitude is uh 
I don't like him. I don't like him. I don't like the way he complains. You know, it's to be honest, it doesn't help that he's always had results against us since yeah. the, his time in Genoa. He was really good against Napoli. We always struggled against Gasperini. We still do. So, you know, it doesn't help. You know, it doesn't help when, when he gets, you know, so many points against us. So that's generally why we dislike Gasperini. But having said that, and I can say that I don't like him, I would love to have him as our manager because he's really good. He's oh, really yeah. good. He gets the team I don't like. Amazing. I don't like him, but I don't hate him. I hate Allegri, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't hire Allegri even even if he even for free. You know, even if he didn't want to get paid, I would never get Allegri. I really dislike the guy. Yeah. But Gasperini. And I hate the football his teams play. I agree. I agree. But Gasperini is really good. Gasperini is really good, and I think, you know, we was close to Napoli at one point. I think it was close before Mazzari joined. Was very close to joining us, and then we got. Either, either Benitez or Mazzari, I can't remember, but we were in between managers. And then he got approached by De Laurentiis. He almost signed for Napoli. Like the deal was done. And then De Laurentiis at the last moment chose either Benitez, maybe Benitez. Maybe Benitez, right. yeah. So but it, yeah, it was close. Out, could have turned out that's a different parallel universe. He yeah. was in the team when Maradona's Napoli beat, uh, I think, Pescara 8 2. Yeah. He was playing for Pescara and he scored a penalty. There you go. So maybe his nice. resentment began then. Um, <laughs> With that, so yeah, I just want to say that for this game, uh, the away section is going to be full, which is always nice to hear. Brilliant. Uh, away section tickets sold out in 20 minutes when they went on sale. There's such, and... there's such a momentum behind the team at the moment. It's great. Yeah, yeah, I agree. A lot of Napoli, a lot of Neapolitans live in that area. I myself lived in that general area as well for two years. So yeah, there's a, a lot of people there who wait for Napoli to uh, to play in uh, in Lombardia, in Bergamo, in Milan, you know, in Venice, uh, to bring their sons to be there to bring the second generation Napolitans, let's say, yeah, to to watch the game. So yeah, there was 20, 20 minutes. All the tickets were gone. So yeah, a lot of expectations about this game, which is big. You know, it's we need to win. We've got a lot of players missing as well. So there's no Ossiman. There's who else do we, who else is missing? Um uh, Di Lorenzo is injured, obviously. Yeah. Uh I mean, Fabian those... Fabian is sick. He has some kind of flu. So yeah, let's see what happens there. Zieliski, it's uh yeah, let's see how Touch he is. Uh yeah. I think that's it, maybe. But that's big. If you think in recent times that you know, I think Di Lorenzo and Ossiman have been our two best players and actually have got us out of trouble quite a lot. So, yeah. but let's hope the original Ciro Mertens is going to help us here. Well, probably both. Yeah, yeah, Petania. Yeah, of course, Petania's out as well. Yeah, but oh, we'll probably play better because of that. But the, um, the <laughs> much as I love you, but just you're not good enough to play for Napoli. I'm sorry. The Agreed. I'd love to see a Bebeto style celebration from Ciro Mertens as he bangs <laughs> in the three. Wouldn't it be nice? But, um, yeah, I think, I mean, I've spent a fair bit of time in Bergamo because my, my partner lived there for a while and I was expecting a very different kind of city. You have this image of a kind of northern Italian attitude and outlook. But I thought it was a great place and I met loads of Neapolitans and I, I speak terrible Italian and I, I used to talk to people about calcio and cafes and stuff and a couple of them were like, oh, I'm actually from originally from Naples. So it's just a shame that sometimes the fans take it too far. Um, yeah. But we don't do predictions on this show. No. But it's going to be tough. But thank God we've got all the fans there. And we're going to be catching up with, with Daniel 
um, next week about how it went in the away stand. So that'll be something to look forward to. Um, okay. Have you prepared, Michele, a Neapolitan phrase of the week? Yes. Yes, and it's one of my favorites because it rhymes. It rhymes as well. So the okay. phrase is, I'm going to say Napolitan, then I'm going to translate and explain the meaning. The phrase is, Quan è calmo mar, ogni strunze marinar. Which means... I, I know what one of those words means. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. But still, you know, it doesn't... I can't, I can't beat that. I can't censor that. That's good. So the translation would be, when the sea is calm, everyone can be a sailor. And the explanation, obviously, is when everything is easy, you know, there isn't, there isn't like, when the situation is easy, it's very, it's very hard to actually see the value in people. When things are hard, then it's when you can see how much someone is worth and then it's when you can see like how much effort people would put into it. So I really like it because it's, I love it, it. Apply, it, it applies to a lot of situations, you know, like, oh, I go, I did that. With, with, with our, with our club, like how many times in recent history have, have we suffered from this? Can you, can you just say it once more? Just so now we can we know what it means. Let's yes, enjoy it. It's, yes. It's when I was saying in English, very good. Which I really like it. I really like it. It applies to a lot of people. Like when, when a player scores like a couple of goals against a very bad team, for example, you know, and yeah. they're like, oh, this place is amazing. You know, like what did he score two goals? And then I say, you know, when when the sea is calm, everyone is a sailor. So it's very yeah. easy to score two goals against Spal, for instance, you know, but it's yeah, against yeah. Milan or or Inter or Juventus that you have to score to prove that, Atalanta that you're actually away. good. Atalanta away, maybe. Yeah, that was the case of Milik, for instance, you know. He scored yeah. against small teams and he never... He never really oh. delivered, you know. He's doing well for Marseille right now. But the, um, um, I wish him the best, as yeah, long as it's luck, not mate. in Napoli, you know. Sonnet de Cordo. And I, I think your, your translation of one of that, those words, is very polite and very family-friendly. Yes. Um, yes. Which, I didn't so, translate literally, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. But any, anyone uh, listening might know what to talk about. So that was great. I really enjoyed that chat today, uh, Michele, as I always do. Um and we'll be back next week after the Atalanta game. Uh, on Twitter, you can find Michele at Napoli Tickets. You can find me at Henry Bell Calcio. And this is part of the Far From Vesuvius network at Far From Vesuvius. Michele, anything you want to say before we wrap things up? Napoli Fiorentina. You know, I don't want to think about too far ahead, but Napoli Fiorentina tickets will go on sale on Friday. I just say that because there is a lot of, a lot of people will go for these tickets and it's finally, finally, the seating will be 100% capacity, one, capacity once again, which is, which is huge. You know, I'll be, obviously, I, got, I already got my tickets because I can get it. I have priority because I was a past season ticket holder. But yeah. um, it's going to be very exciting to see the stadium, San Paolo, where Maradona, once again, 100% capacity. And I do think it's going to be sold out. They increased the prices a little bit, but I do expect it to be sold out, which is which is nice. I'm very excited about that. We never sell out the, the stadium. So let's see what happens. Obviously, it depends a lot on how we do against Atalanta. But yeah, I'm very excited about that. Fantastic. What a great way to end on. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time, Michele. Fresh from the shadow of Vesuvio. And thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you again next week. Forza Napoli. Sempre. Ciao. Ciao.